Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Right here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one sports and recreation podcast on planet Earth. My name is Peter Rosenberg. That guy is the physically large, sometimes congested, S-G to the mother effing G. How are you, bud? Woo, I'm doing great, P. How you doing? You know, I'll be honest, been better, a little irritated, don't really feel like doing the podcast tonight. But guess what? I, I wanted to be honest and blunt with the audience because I feel that they are their family. So rather than pretend, why not just keep it a thousand with them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, might as well. They're going to find out anyway. Right. So I feel like I already feel better saying that. It actually makes me more happy to be here to do it. So, yeah. Um but that being said, there were a couple things this week. You know, I won't say I was, you know what, SGG, there are things I'm interested in. There are things worth talking about, and it is mania season. So I'll get there, SGG. But this is one of those times where I got to give it up. I might have felt like doing the podcast even less had it not been for the awesome emails I got this week um, from the people who reach out at RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. Which has quickly become less of an email address about my album making, which it was supposed to be, and more just a home for cheap heat emails. But shout out to um, Christopher Brown, who reached out about WrestleMania 34 heat and greet that he thinks we should have. Shout out to Nicholas Deus, who, who was telling me all about his wrestling tournament that he wants to do for March Madness, um, which was an interesting idea. Um, shout out to Gary who said that I need to get the the drop of Roman Reigns saying chubby Jewish man from uh, Raw Talk a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Shout out to Justin, um, Robbie, Tyler, who hit me up asking about uh, Heel Bailey and whether I could see any potential in a maniacal hugging Heel Bailey character, um, kind of like where she turns stalkerish. I think there is some value there, so I appreciate that. Anyways, any everyone who emails, because Twitter's been kind of whack, so all, all the emails I appreciate. And SGG, uh, let's not waste any time. Bear, what are you doing? Why are you leaving the blankets, Bear? Bear. Bear's making himself very comfortable here. Um, as he should. As he should. Where do you want to start this week, SGG? Let's get the repoggery right out of the way. Uh, Hillbilly Jim to the WWE Hall of Fame. Yes, Hillbilly Jim to the WWE Hall of Fame. You think this is Repug? I do. Wow. I do. Um, this is not a take I've, I've gotten yet. Um, I haven't really spoken about it much. Tell me your thoughts. It's sort of Repug that he wasn't already in the Hall of Fame. Um, I just assumed that he was there. But at the same time, too, I, he doesn't, like, I don't have a, a memorable hillbilly gym moment that I can think of that stands out. Um, I don't think he was ever a champion. I know he was very popular in the eighties. My brother had a hillbilly gym action figure that I remember distinctly. But other than that, I don't like being very popular and being a hall of famer, a hall of fame worthy feels like two different things to me. And I don't think he crosses that line into 
Hall of Fame status. Well, I'll tell you what, SGG, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting thought you bring up about did he cross the threshold? Because I believe what he was was your standard issue, like house show babyface. Meaning, I think we might have had this conversation on the podcast, or I had it with someone in real life, and I haven't had it on the podcast. Like, Great Kali, for example. Great Kali doesn't mean that much on TV. But go to a house show and see how much he pops the crowd. Now, granted, slightly different, of course, because part of it with uh, Kali is just his freakish size, right? But the point is there are some guys who, while their characters on TV don't mean that much, they're just over, you know? And I think that was the case um with hillbilly jim but to your point you know i guess what does it mean to be a hall of famer what is that threshold like is it is being just over enough um i'm looking here at the uh i'm looking here at the wrestling album which is like prime hillbilly jim time and you look at the album cover if you google it right now just go google the wrestling album this was the first wwf album um and such a high percentage of people on this cover are in the Hall of Fame. And my point in that is in saying, that's to say that a lot of the people who were prominent in that era are just in the Hall of Fame. They're just in already. Like, this cover, Okerlund, in. Ventura, in. Vince, doesn't count. Finkel, in. Savage, in. Blassie, in. Albano, in. JYD, in. Jimmy Hart in. Is Morocco in? Morocco in. I think Johnny V is in the back. Not in. Um, Killer B's not in. And then the one person on this cover who's not in, who should be in over everyone else, who is more deserving than, I'm sorry, than every inductee this year, Miss Elizabeth. But we don't, I don't really understand the deal with that. But I'll say this. My point is, SUG, it seems like they basically put in everybody from this era. Yeah, and I, I mean, some of them you can definitely understand why, right? Macho Man Randy Savage, there's no questions to be had there. Uh, most of those classic managers, uh, Mr. Fuji, uh, Classy Freddy Blassie, um, of course, right? Jesse the Body Ventura. Of course. But, I mean, the Killer Bees, there's a reason they're not in. You know what I mean? Uh, there's a reason that Hillbilly Jim hasn't hasn't made it in yet. And like I said, I think it's just because they don't cross that threshold into into being the, you know, the upper echelon of talent to me. But it's funny. I mean... Hillbilly Jim, the Killer Bees are like the Hillbilly Jim of tag teams. <laughs> yeah, true. They were they were wildly popular at that time. Like, too. didn't yeah? I have the poster in my room. Hill, the Killer Bees were popping. I found it the other day. It's in mint condition. The poster, by the way. Um, Killer Bees were over. They never had a title. They didn't really need a title. Um, they were just super popular. Are they Hall of Famers? If the Hall of Fame was like a real sports Hall of Fame, no. And neither is Hillbilly Jim. But 
This isn't that. That's the thing. I mean, this class in general, it's an interesting, it's an interesting class, SGG. Yeah, I, I, what? I don't even understand, like, with some classes, they have, like, a little theme to them. You know what I mean? And, um, before they announced Hillbilly Jim, I guess the theme could have been, like, Attitude Era years, you know, people who are, very popular between 97 and 2001 but hillbilly jim just makes this a weird class to me i I don't understand it feels like this is the worst class ever that is harsh but i would agree with that it's harsh it's harsh um but 2017 Rick Rude, he's a Hall of Famer no matter what you do. Yep. Beth Phoenix, probably a Hall of Famer no matter what. You know, she she was in the Royal Rumble, three-time women's champion. Like, uh, uh, it, it was a little early, but Beth Phoenix is ultimately probably a Hall of Famer, right? Yeah, I think so. DDP? His story alone is just amazing. It's an it's an amazing, amazing story. And like these are world champions that we're talking about too. By the way, uh, world champions and uh, DDP still popping to this day. Um, Theodore Long, not not as distinguished a uh, uh, a career, but in terms of how many things he was. Involved. Yeah, in. I was gonna say, you know, you could argue that he actually did have probably the most distinguished career out of anybody um in the Hall of Fame just because of the different roles that he did in his career. Like the length of his career and the fact that he was like a manager here, a referee there, a GM here, uh you know, like um I, I believe he was managing Doom when they were tagged. No, he's I, I think what you just said was it I think you said most distinguished in the Hall of Fame, I think would be a bit of a stretch, but I do think he's deserving. And then Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle's been a Hall of Famer since like his first month in the company. <laughs> yep. So that was last year. The year before that, you have Stan Hansen, like no conversation, big boss man. Um, the Godfather. The Godfather is tough. Um, He's not a slam dunk. No. Now, the, now Charles Wright is an easy Hall of Famer, though. But the Godfather character itself is tough. Um, Jacqueline, you know, on when, when you first hear her name, she doesn't jump out at you. But when you really think about it, how good she was. And she's the first black women's champion. Yeah, she's she, that gets my vote right there. And then Sting. And then I won't go over every class ever, but the year before, you have Kevin Nash. You have Savage. Before that, you have Razor, Paul Barra, Lita, Jake, Warrior in the same class. Year before that, Booker, Bruno, Trish, Backlund, Foley. Which before that, 2013 Yoko. is a strong class, too. Like, 2013 is a the best. 2013 is nuts how good it is. But if you go back 
all of them have like one just complete and total slam dunk. Um, this year's class, the Dudleys are a slam dunk. Don't get me wrong. They have, they're, they're 100% Hall of Famers, no matter how you cut it. Um, but they're just interesting because they're both, both them and Goldberg, who are ultimately so far like the headliners of the class. They're not neither one when you first picture them do you associate with WWE. Yeah. And then after that, it just kind of drops off a cliff to Jeff Jarrett. Um Ivory Ivory, you know, makes sense for a few reasons. But when you're naming your your greatest women ever, I don't know that I ever hear people how often she comes up in the conversation. Nah, like it's yeah, no. I was gonna say top so, five, but even I don't even know if she makes the top ten. It's tough. So I mean, in that sense, honestly, I'll tell you what, Hillbilly Jim for me, yo, you wanna know the craziest thing? I ask you this honestly. For for me personally, who I will pop for, so far he's second. To the Dudley boys. That, which is fair though. I think, I feel like most people who got into wrestling in the mid 80s will pop for Hillbilly Jim today. But oh, yeah. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, does that mean that, you know, Hillbilly Jim belongs in, in the same Hall of Fame as, you know, Randy Savage and Don Morocco and like let him, forget about the the greatest names of all time, but like the big names of his era. No, 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 no. He does not. Like far from. I hope he gets inducted by one of the little people from WrestleMania three. He defended those little guys with honor. All four of them. <laughs> he let one almost when get King, killed, though, no? Yeah. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that happened. But when King Kong Bundy, when King Kong Bundy turned on the little people in his tag team, Hillbilly Jim defended everyone. I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. Hillbilly Jim could get up there from them, uh, from that, that elbow he'd deliver. He got up high. If you go back and watch WrestleMania three, he he skied. Like I listen, he, there was something about his character that just wasn't tough. But damn it, if it wasn't super likable, it was a damn likable babyface. And he's a big son of a gun too. And I'll tell you one thing: he came up to do promo um, when Legends House came up. He came to the radio station, and I'll tell you what. He, he is a very entertaining dude to this day. Like does, he has a show on Sirius. He's a real entertaining dude. Yeah, no, I, I mean, listen, I'm not saying I don't like Hillbilly Jim. I'm just saying I don't like him for the Hall of Fame, especially when, uh, 
when they build an actual building and then they have to like enshrine people and put up exhibits and you have to imagine the hillbilly gym section like when you compare it to the Ric Flair section or even like the Hulk Hogan section or the Shawn Michaels section Hillbilly Jim has to get like a little corner in the top of the building somewhere that nobody goes to. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Anyways, though, I it, it it's it's a reasonable argument. I can see why people would argue the other way around. Um, but I certainly understand where you're coming from. SGG, I'll submit. Um, in things that happened outside the ring, the unbelievable article about Cody Rhodes in the ringer. Oh man. Did you read it? I did. And and for anybody who hasn't read hasn't read it, like they need to to stop what they're doing, pause this and then read it and then come back so you can feel what we're about to get into right now because that article was just like it was a lot and it was everything and it was beautiful like really well done. Well, listen, we have to start, we have to start with this starting point. Cody Rhodes' wife is black, so you love him. Let's just be honest. Let's just start right there. <laughs> he got He's already the starting he got on, foot in the door. <laughs> He's starting on Greg's good side. Um, listen, I, I thought I appreciated what Cody's been doing. Um, but this article really gives you insight into like where it all comes from and just it really the author does a magnificent job like reminding you why he had to leave WWE and how what he's doing is so after his dad's heart, you know, and I'll tell you what, Greg, I mean, everyone should just go read it. Just go Google Cody Rhodes, the ringer. It'll come right up. It's a very long read, but man, it's, I mean, you will shed tears reading about his last moments with dusty. It's a lot, yeah, man. Like it's that, a lot. That was and so it, sad, man. And it really took me back to on, from a wrestling standpoint, it really took me back to how bum, how bummed out we were on this podcast when they didn't handle him and Goldust right? Yeah. And and when after Dusty died, he came back as Gold as Stardust. I forgot about how much that bothered me. Honestly, like time flies and you, you stop thinking about it. And then you realize, oh, damn, it was really whack how this ended. He really did have to leave. It really was. And what, and now he's really making it happen. Like he really has gone and done all these things he set out to do. And now he's attempting to put together a 10,000 person, you know, show. A show with an audience of 10,000 in Chicago in September, all in. And it could happen. And yeah, how amazing that would have been. 
it's a pretty it's a pretty cool story, man. I, I just if you got if you got it twenty minutes. How long did that article take you, SGG? It took me a while. It took me a good 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, it took me about the same, about a, a good half an hour. Yeah, you gotta dial in. You like, know what I'm saying? If you're gonna have a quick bathroom trip, it's, it's not the article for you. But if you plan on going in, then, then that's what you're gonna read. Yeah. If you got a good, a good long commute on the subway, then, uh, That's another way of thinking about it. <laughs> definitely have this article uh queued up and ready to go. Yeah, I went I went directly to the toilet, but you you were a classier. Well, well you drive though. You drive for for those of us uh who public transportation gets us through the day. You know, somebody else is doing the driving. Speaking of driving, by next week I'll be able to tell you guys about my new car that I'm getting tomorrow. Heel Rosenberg getting a um a heelish automobile SGG, which I'm very excited about. You know, I'm not I'm not the world's <laughs> biggest car guy. I don't I don't I don't believe in spending lots of time at car dealerships. I've never been about like spending a ton of money on cars. Um my, my boy Paul, who runs a place called Lease Quit, shout out to leasequit.com. He he can get you out of your lease and get you in a new whip. And he did it for me last time. And he did it for me this time. And so tomorrow, he's dropping off my 2018 black BMW X5. You know what I'm saying, SGG? We ain't playing games. I'm, I'm gonna be driving down the street, blasting, grinding all my life by Nipsey Hustle <laughs> in the, As you in should. the official new Heel Rosenberg mobile, courtesy of Lease Quit. So, um, I'm excited about getting that. Um, alright, SGG outside the ring. Anything else that we need to hit? Um, just a couple of more quick hits. Um, Vince McMahon made it on Forbes list of billionaires this year. Apparently his net worth, um, as of today is up at 1.8 billion. Which is crazy. Whoa. I didn't realize the chairman was doing that well. I didn't realize that he had such a good year. Damn, he had that good a year? Yep, he's at $1.8 billion as of the time of this recording. Which is nuts. To Woo! Me. That is one point eight. $1.8? Yo, I, I guess he won't need to go get the hookup at least quit. <laughs> I guess not. He could go get the Bentley, full price, get the Maybach. He could take the top off his Maybach, no problem. Light work. <laughs> I guess not. Uh, by the way, I think Vince does well, have a I Maybach. Mean, a word? Yeah, I believe that's the whip that he whips around in Connecticut. I think I've heard that. Yeah, he definitely was around. I can't see him having a driver. I heard like he gets crazy behind the wheel. He does have a driver a lot, but there are times when he's in a rush and Vince is just driving. He's just taking, he's going. I mean, uh, uh, Bruce Pritchard, by the way, when's he going to be a Hall of Famer? Yeah, he, he deserves it more than Hillbilly Jim. 
the the countdown's on for that too because now that now that Bruce is uh, popping again, that's happening. Um, but he tells a great story about Vince speeding in like the pouring rainstorm, um, like from Long Island, from Nassau Coliseum all the way back to Connecticut. Um, also, I see Jeff Hardy cleared to return. Yep, Jeff Hardy is cleared for return. Um, so we don't know when he's going to be back or where he's going to be, but um, you have to figure that he shows up in this ultimate deletion situation that they have with uh, going on with Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Um, I see a, um, a headline here about an interview with Honky Tonk Man of country-loving southern wrestlers. Hillbilly Jim or Honky Tonk? Honky Tonk's more deserving than Hillbilly, isn't he? Absolutely. 1,000%. That year year reign with the IC title. Yeah, that alone, that alone makes Honky Tonk um, Hall of Fame worthy. Because just think about what he did also during that reign. Like, uh, didn't he smash the guitar over Macho Man's head during that rain? Oh, he smashed the the guitar over many people's heads. He also... When when, uh, the Heart Foundation was holding Macho Man down, and he smashed the guitar over over, uh, Macho Man's head that made Miss Elizabeth go down and get Hulk Hogan to, to bring him down to start the formation of the Mega Powers. Oh, yeah. Yep, indeed that happened. And on top of that, him him getting pinned to give the title to Warrior was such a huge moment. Yep. And and on top of that, um Cool Cocky and Bad was a was a fire tune. What was Cool Cocky and Bad again? Is uh That was his song. That was his song that he uh I'm cool. I'm cocky. I'm bad. Yes, yeah. Right. I'm just the honky tonk man. man. So if we're inducting people with with songs, cool, cocky, and bad, I think is uh, I'll put it up there with uh, with my baby tonight. Jeff wow, Jeff. and not to mention, not to mention his repug tag team rhythm and blues. <laughs> don't ever. Not to mention DDP drove ever. them to the ring at WrestleMania six. Yep, big facts. Um, also, I want to spend a few seconds here from our sponsor, okay? I'm going to say a few words here. Flap. Pustule. Jowls. Nugget. Gurgle. Smear. Curd. Bulbous. Tender, dongle, pork, and moist. Whether you're a construction worker, warehouse worker, or frankly, a radio host, if you hear certain words on the job site, work can be uh, uncomfortable. So at least get work gear that's comfortable. Timberland, pro work shirts, pants, and boots, head to toe. Timberland Pro. Not uncomfortable. And also, a big shout out to Hims. 
a new wellness brand for men. Yes, yes, yes. Here's an issue. 66% of men are losing their hair by age 35. Facts. As you may know, I have some experience here. Um, there are a lot of solutions out there, okay? But are you comfortable? Are you comfortable going to see someone, going to a doctor, having a conversation? Well, guess what? Hims makes this so easy. If you go to forhims.com, yes, that's F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com, they will give you medical-grade solutions with real doctors offering well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair, all right? Not herbal supplements, prescription solutions backed by science. No waiting room, no awkward doctor visits, save hours, save time, save embarrassment. Go to forhims.com. All right. Use uh, our code forhims.com slash cheap. Yes, that's forhims.com slash cheap. If you do it right now, they'll give you a trial month of everything you need to keep your hair for just $5 today while supplies last. All right. Head over there right now. Get the hookup. Incredible prices. Incredible solutions. Forhims.com slash cheap. All right, SGG. I think you got to talk about the fact. Well, we got to. I think we start with Roman and Paul Heyman. Yes. How do you feel about this? Um, I love Paul Heyman, but I feel like I'm over seeing him fill in for Brock Lesnar. And yep. even though he gave us um, a riveting promo on Monday, uh, uh it wasn't enough to make up for the fact that uh, Brock Lesnar um, just doesn't show up. Just, just I'm sorry. Even uh, his promo, he was talking about how dedicated Brock Lesnar is to the championship and being a champion. And it's like, I, I felt like, I know he gets out there and BSs people and Paul Heyman is known as like a master BS artist. But um, yeah, that's what he does. A part of him being a master BS artist is us not realizing that he's BSing us. But uh, if he's going to BS us and tell us how dedicated Brock is, and I know that Brock doesn't show up, you're not going to convince me that he's dedicated when he sends you in his place every other Monday. Because face it, you're not there every week either. This promo was a waste to me. Yeah, it, it was... It just wasn't believable. Um, like, even from the perspective of, even if you're living that kayfabe-only life, why would it make sense for him to try to convince anyone that this is true? You're telling Roman Reigns about what it takes? <laughs> right. Rome, Ro- Roman Reigns is there. Roman Reigns has gone through serious personal tragedy in the last couple of years and was right there back on the road. Like, he's got a family right now. He's gone every week. It just doesn't make sense that that's the angle you would use. Um. So, like, as I said last week, I, I enjoy Brock Lesnar. I particularly enjoy him wrestling these days more. But sort of the shtick that goes with it I don't know. It's just hard for it to hold weight anymore. 
You know, now the upside to that is, Greg, is that I think other people feel that way too. So I think there is a world in which this plays out and Roman Reigns ends up getting cheered at WrestleMania. I do think there's a, I do think that's possible. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, listen, the, the crowd, when it comes to Roman Reigns, they're only stubborn really at two points in the match. The very beginning when they say his name and the very end when they say his name. But during the match, Roman Reigns gets the exact reaction that WWE wants him to get. Like they cheer, they're into the match. Uh, when he, when he does his little Samoan yell right before he does his spear, the crowd is into it. When he gears up for that Superman punch, the crowd is into it. So during the match, the crowd is gonna respond appropriately. Um, and who cares how they respond after the match because it's done. It's set in stone. There's no going back after that. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel the same way. Um, and I'm hope, I'm hopeful that if it continues to follow this, like, I, I don't know. It seems like people are no longer as with Paul Heyman. So it's going to be easier for them to boo a Brock Lesnar and in turn cheer. Roman Reigns. Yeah. I thought Roman was pretty good again. I thought Roman was pretty good again. I did too. Um, I did too. And and like you said, it's it's no fault of Paul Heyman's that uh people are starting to turn on him. But uh he's in a he's in a tough spot. He has to come out every week and um explain away Brock Lesnar's absence and the excuses that he has while they were good before, they just aren't good enough anymore. But listen, maybe Paul wants this. Maybe he's maybe they really want people to start booing. It's working if they, if that's what they want. There's no reason to doubt that they that they want that, and it's working for sure. Well, next week we'll get, we'll find out what it's like when they uh, when they get together, and then the other piece you got to start out with this week is uh, segment one. Ronda Rousey, you know, um, I'll tell you, I, I, I know I could be in the minority. I don't know, actually. I enjoyed the segment on Monday. Um, there are flaws there, of course. Again, still, Ronda, it's, it's, a, it's a work in progress. But ultimately, though the whole thing is predictable and we know where it's going, I like that they just gave it to us. Like... I'm glad we got all of it. They didn't halfway it. We got it. If you know where we're going, let's go. Like, I loved Stephanie hitting her in the back and then running out of the ring. Like, I, I really am inv- enjoying this particular chicken-ish version of Stephanie. Like, the most chicken-ish version of her maybe we've ever seen. Um, so yes, Rhonda needs to work on her Timing. Yeah. I mean, I think we all know that the timing on that drum roll, you, was like beyond awkward. Um, she needs to work on her physical movements, you know, from her walk to the ring to her trying to grab Stephanie's arm. All of that stuff needs work. Yeah. And the way but she did also, the Samoan drop, too, like. See, I, I think the Samoan, I'm fine with how the Samoan drop worked, though. I thought it's still. It garnered the ooh that you that you wanted it to garner, I think. Yeah, but like the way she hooked um 
the way she hooked Stephanie's arm, like like the way she dropped she dropped on her shoulder instead of dropping back onto Stephanie's back. Now like with you're fine with how it looked now because um she ended up fine. But imagine if she would have like popped her shoulder out of place or injured herself on a Samoan drop just because she didn't hold Stephanie properly. Like where does that leave us for WrestleMania? I mean, it, it's fine when she you know, fumbles her words and botches a drum roll in a promo in the lead up, but like to risk injury on a Samoan drop, like one of the most basic moves there is. She gotta get she gotta get that right because next time it might not be her shoulder that uh, we have to worry about. It might be Stephanie or Triple H or one of the other women on the roster. Well, that's a fair point. I mean. I'm not some uh, in-ring expert, but I think we all agree the reason they went Samoan drop is because it's pretty basic. Um, I, so that's a fair point. Did you enjoy the segment or not? I I did a Jace. So I think I think I'm being hard on Ronda just because um, she has a lot to prove. Um, not that I want to see her fail or anything like that, but. You know, things like that were more noticeable to me. Like, the fact that she botched the Samoan drop. And the fact that she um, that she botched the drum roll. And, like, her delivery. You know, I, I can admit I'm being a little bit tougher on her than I need to be. But um, if you set those things aside, she is performing um, well. And the, sec- the segment did what it was supposed to do. It set up the tag match that we're going to get. At WrestleMania. Greg, do you think there's a chance we're going to get John Cena inserted in the Nakamura AJ match? You know, I didn't think so until Cena's promo on Monday and AJ's rebuttal. I know, me too. On Tuesday. And then I said. Oh man, they are gonna do that. Cena is gonna get seventeen, and they are gonna make it a triple threat because even though they should have all the faith in the world that Nakamura and AJ Styles are gonna put on a, a fantastic, critically acclaimed WrestleMania match for the championship, the WWE Championship, I just. Uh, that seed of doubt was planted that Cena's going to be the disruptor in there for WWE to make sure that it's not just the critics who love it and that it does, you know, a, a big, it's a big box office match, a match they can sell. And uh, I mean, I was already sold on it, but now I don't know if Cena's going to be in there or not. I, my, I'm sorry, my wife's doing something interesting. Um, I personally, okay, on the surface, I want to go. There could not be a bigger mistake than putting John Cena in the middle of this hardcore wrestling fans dream match of AJ and Nakamura, okay? And that's generally how I feel, is like, damn, how big a mistake would this be, right? Right. However, 
there is part of me that says from their perspective and what they want to do on WrestleMania, they see an upside to putting John Cena in a match, a big match like this. And John Cena and AJ have an amazing chemistry and, you know, Nakamura can still win the title and blase, blah, blah, blah. But as I'm saying this out loud, it does not convince myself. It, the bottom line is this. Cena mentioned Undertaker. As far as we all knew, Undertaker wasn't wrestling anymore. The second John Cena mentioned Undertaker to me, that means that they're trying to swerve us and we're still getting John Cena Undertaker. That's what I think. Yeah. I think John Cena, I think John Cena loses this weekend. Right when he makes you think he can. He doesn't. And he comes out completely dejected next week. Yeah, but next he, week. No, you can go ahead. Us at what's the, da- what's the date gonna, Monday is gonna be 10, 11, the 12th. Less than a month from WrestleMania. He'll come out next week completely dejected like it's over and, t- and Taker will come out and save it. Yeah, but. Here's how I ended up convincing myself that maybe John Cena could win, right? Lately, WWE has been in the habit of breaking records for whatever reason. Um, CM Punk just broke a record, longest reigning champion in the modern era. Um, Miz is poised to break Pedro Morales' record. Um... I believe Miz just broke Honky Tonk Man's record too, actually, as the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion. Um, New Day just broke a record. And then now you have John Cena coming out there talking about he's going to break a record too. And um, usually that's just lip service. But lately, when superstars have come out and said that that's what they're going to do, it turned out that that's what they did. And so... John Cena saying that he's going for 17 and them throwing those graphics on the screen in, in that annoying way that they do lately with everybody's promos. Um, it caused me to, you know, I, I can see a world in which they do that, in which he does exactly what, what they said. He's going to win his 17th championship, set that record, and if AJ wants his rematch, then he gets it at WrestleMania. And that way, Nakamura still gets AJ Styles or the WWE Championship. Uh, Cena still gets his record. And then here we are with a triple threat. Well, I hope you're wrong. Um, I, I still think we end up getting Taker. Just don't think you can mention the dead man, have him not actually end up appearing. Um, I'll tell you what I found to be most mage this week versus what I found to be most repug. Um, on the mage side of things, I have no problem with Finn, Seth, and Miz. I think that's a very mania-like triple threat match for the IC. To me, that feels like a big, meaningful match that elevates the IC title. I don't know what else you would do with those guys, so I'm not mad. Although it does leave me in a quandary about someone who's on my repug list, and that would be Braun Strowman. I don't know what, where we're going to go with Braun Strowman. And the only reason he's on my repug list is just like, I get it. Braun is Braun, and he's the man, and I'm all for it. But I really wish that 
Elias didn't have to be the person making him look like the man every week. It just seems backwards. Elias is huge and over. Like, it's one thing to get beat up, but, like, he's gotten, like, nearly maimed twice. <laughs> but does, does that now, set he did him get, up he did get He did get some offense in, though. Does that set him up for a big win against Braun eventually somewhere that we don't see coming? Maybe. But, I mean, are people going to care about that if he's continuously just gotten the living-ish beaten out of him? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I, I liked the fun little thing, the running outside the arena. Actually, I kind of enjoyed that. And taking <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I just didn't need like the piano dropped on him. I just thought I was like, all right. Like, yes, you want Braun to look mage. But Elias is like literally after Braun. Elias is one of the biggest dudes on that roster. So, like, you don't want him to be totally minimized just to continue to make Braun look mage when Braun already looks mage. I'd rather have kept them apart and had and had Elias singing about him and then ducking him. And then finally getting his comeuppance and having the guitar and everything destroyed at WrestleMania. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see a world where Elias is able to... Um evade Braun Strowman for a long time even to the point where like even we sit here and say yo when is he gonna get his hands on him and then when he finally does uh it matters so I I I agree with you there like they could have stretched it out a little bit more I don't mind that it's going the way that it's going um because hopefully that means that Elias finds a way to to get one over on Braun and that makes him look even bigger but I could see I I could see what you're saying too though. Yeah, I don't know. Um maybe in the long run it'll end up being better for Elias and I'm just not seeing it. Um also on the Repug front, the awkward Bailey dissing Sasha's hug. Like this is moving too slow. Like let's get them cracking. Where are they going? I still don't think this means heel Bailey, but um, yeah, it was weird to me. Yeah, I don't know if it means heel Bailey or not, but I just it's just it just hasn't been it's just clunky. That's a word I use a lot. It's just been clunky to me, and. Neither of them are absolutely great at telling stories outside of the ring. Um, and they're being left to do this basically by themselves. Flip side of that coin, man, I, I was left after Asuka, Nia Jax. They told a beautiful story in the ring. Yeah. They really, really did. And I was left after that being like, part of me, like, there's a world in which their chemistry is so good that I love the idea of Naya eventually, by just sheer effort and good matches, 
eventually beating Naya, I mean Asuka, and basically becoming a babyface just by eventually climbing that mountain. Yeah. And and no one looks worse for it. Nope. Because Asuka still gets to beat Naya like five times. <laughs> and 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 then when she loses, it's like, well, she lost, but she lost to Naya Jax. And Naya gets to look mage for eventually beating Asuka. I'm calling it right now. Asuka's first loss has to be to Nia Jax. Yeah, I, especially after Monday, I, I agree because um, they have, like you said, they have really good chemistry. And that arm bar and the way they were both so relentless, like, I'm not letting go of this arm bar and I'm going to try to beat you off of my arm with everything that I have until she finally tapped. It was like minutes later, too. Um, it was amazing. And I, I, I would like to see... You know, we talk a lot about um, Asuka becoming champion, and I guess we never really delve in too deep about who the next champion is after Asuka. Like, wh- who who takes the championship off of her if she does become women's champ? I, I would like that to be Nia Jax. I could see a, a, a world where they have a super competitive match uh, for a women's title, and Nia Jax is the one to finally... Um, get a pinfall victory over Asuka. Yeah, I wouldn't have been mad if if this whole thing had led to Nia and Asuka at WrestleMania. I wouldn't have been mad. But I won't be mad if it takes time to get there either. Um, Anything else, uh, SGG, from this week in wrestling that you feel you really want to mention to the world? Yeah, my jaw dropped. When Sami Zayn hit Kevin Owens with that Haluva kick um, to end SmackDown, my my jaw dropped. I did not see that coming. I mean, I saw the Sami Zayn turn coming eventually. I didn't see it coming Tuesday though. And and is it too soon? Is it too soon? Um, no, because. Honestly, I had it happening Sunday, so five days early is not doesn't really hurt anything. Is there a way that they can recover from this? I don't think they fumbled. I think what happens now is that this dissension causes them to both um, lose out on their chance to be WWE champion, and then they go into WrestleMania as opponents and they get a one-on-one WrestleMania feud match um in the middle of the card somewhere that that everybody loved you know it would have been better if it was for a championship but they're not there yet but also they're going to deliver um uh, a great match no matter what they always do where do you think uh Jinder, do you think Jinder Mahal ends up making the main WrestleMania card if he does, it it would have to be in a United States Championship match. Because um, his only rivals right now are Randy Orton and Bobby Roode, and both of them are fighting for the United States Championship. So I could see him being inserted there. Um, if not there, then he just... Year two in that Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, I guess. 
because I don't see another place for for him. So it'll be interesting. And now, do you think now do you think it's KO and Sammy at Mania? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, That's it. That's it. Yeah, don't don't crowd them around with too many people. Give them a nice little one on one match. They've been telling this story since Kevin Owens debuted in NXT, which was what like four years ago four or five years ago so let just let them rock they 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 got it they really don't need too many people crowding that space um just let them go let them let them do what they do it's gonna be a good match and everybody's I'm gonna just gonna enjoy miss it. them as best friends I'm gonna miss the um I'm gonna miss the yep movement. I'm gonna miss the, the kisses on the forehead. You know? I am too. I am too. I mean, unless, unless this was all part of their plan and, uh, they're swerving us going into Sunday. But, um. You never know. You don't. You, that's a good point. You, kn- I'm watching right now at the face Kevin Owens is making at the end of this match, staring at Sammy, seeing how telling it is. Is it telling enough? Do they leave the door open at all? Who do you think, as of right now, who would the crowd cheer for it uh, at Mania? Out of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? Yeah. KO. Just because always people cheer for KO? Always people cheer for KO. I don't, because he's a bad guy. That's what I... I don't cheer for KO. If you cheer for... If you're... If you're one of my peanuts out there, if you're a Peter Rosenberg peanut, you don't, you don't cheer. That's right. That's the next cheap heat shirt. I'm, I'm a peanut. <laughs> Yo, I like it. I don't know who came up with that. That was brilliant though. Don't you think that would be amazing if I was a legit heel on WWE television and I said that my fans were called peanuts? <laughs> Cause they're, they're nuts for Peter and they're P dash nuts. Yo, I love it. I love it. Whoever came up with it's that made. is brilliant. And it, 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 it's me. I came up with it. I forgot, I forgot to have said on the podcast. It's so funny. I, I, it's funny that it just came up right now. I've been saying it on the K show for months and I've never mentioned it here that I jokingly call the people who call me up and support me by peanuts. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> listen. I don't know why it took you so long to bring that idea I, to the cheap heat universe. I don't know why. I'm sorry, cheap heat universe. To all my peanuts, I'm sorry. I, I should have not. I never should have made you wait this long. <laughs> um, all right, SGG, to you and all my peanuts out there, enjoy Fastlane. I'm not going to even bother going. I, is that disrespectful to not give predictions for Fastlane? Um, let's predict the six-pack challenge at least. Because honestly, all right. the rest of this card is sort of predictable. Um, Bobby Roode's going to win. Charlotte's gonna win. Shinsuke's gonna win. Yep. You know, Becky and Naomi versus Natty and Carmella. It's gonna affect us the same no matter who wins. Um, Usos and New Day. I really feel like the Usos are gonna win. Um, the six pack challenge is really the only one up in the air where they could pivot. And, uh, I mean, so are you picking Cena? Uh, yeah, I'm picking Cena. I convinced myself. I worked. I worked myself into a shoot. Damn it! I'm going John Cena. Man, 
It's interesting. I mean, because you look at this this group now, you just assume it's Sammy and KO at WrestleMania. And I assume it's Cena and Undertaker at WrestleMania. And so I assume AJ stays in his match with Nakamura, because that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I'll just go with AJ. I'll go with the keep it staying status quo. All right. I, like, and we'll see. I hope you're but, right, um, but... Um, do- yeah, I got convinced myself that you're not. So we'll see. All right. All right, my friend. Hey, do me a favor to you and all my peanuts. Uh, enjoy Fastlane and, uh, and stay mage. Oh, yeah.